We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 478 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. It is the day on which we will find out who the commander's starting quarterback for their season finale will be. I want Sam Howell. I know that many of you want Sam Howell. Will we get Sam Howell? Commanders and Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425. The Commanders on Wednesday are beginning their practice week for the game. Uh, Things get going for the team on a regular season Wednesday fairly early in the morning. So I would expect for us to find out the starting quarterback for this Sunday afternoon on Wednesday morning. Uh, As was the case last Wednesday uh, when the Commanders uh, tweeted out that Carson Wentz would be their starting quarterback for what ended up being the 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon as, uh, yeah, things did not exactly go swimmingly for Carson. You know, Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN on Tuesday talked about the possibility of a two-quarterback approach for the team on Sunday, potentially starting Taylor Heineke and then going to Sam Howell. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling that, okay? Start Sam Howell and let's give him a shot. One game isn't going to be the be-all, end-all, tell-all on Sam Howell, of course, but let's get the process of finding out what the team might have in him going. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi Podcast. What is the number 48 podcast in the country? on Apple Podcasts in the U.S. football category as of early Wednesday morning. Uh, That is because of you, so thank you. Uh, Coming up next segment, I'm talking commanders with Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC7 News in Washington, D.C., the host of Sports Talk on WJLA 24-7 News. Uh, You know, sports media has changed a lot to where sports anchors at local television stations uh, do not matter anywhere near as much as they did back in the day. When I was a kid in the 1980s and early 1990s, sports anchors at local television stations were huge deals, uh, especially in the Washington, D.C. area. 
George Michael at NBC4, Glenn Brenner at WUSA9, Frank Herzog at ABC7, Steve Buckhans at Fox 5. Well, them days are long gone, uh, but Scott Abraham right now may well be the number one sports anchor for a local television station in the Washington, D.C. market. He covers the commanders to a great degree. He has become known for his pointed and direct and thought-provoking questions at press conferences for head coach Ron Rivera. Uh, And so our next segment, I'm talking commanders with Scott. Uh, We will discuss Ron Rivera. Should he be fired as commander's head coach off this season being a non-playoff season? Will he be fired as commander's head coach off this season being a non-playoff season? Two very different questions. So we're going to get into those questions. Uh, What the commander's approach for acquiring a quarterback this offseason should be, whether new ownership of the team should change the name of the team, and a lot more. Also on the show, the Capitals. Uh, now, they did lose on Tuesday night, a 5-4 overtime loss to the Buffalo Sabres at Capital One Arena, and the Caps did blow a 4-3 third-period lead, but the Caps also overcame a 3-1 second-period deficit and also got another big game from winger Alex Ovechkin. Two more goals, so I'll talk Cavs. I'll talk Wizards as well. Uh, they on Tuesday night got demolished by the Greek Freak, a 123-113 loss at the Milwaukee Bucks, snapping the Wizards' season-best five-game winning streak. Uh, Bradley Beal returned from left hamstring soreness, but then left the game due to the Hemi, and the Wizards got victimized by Giannis Adetokounmpo, who scored 55 points. Uh, Yes, a double nickel from Giannis against the Wizards on Tuesday night. And I'll talk Virginia basketball. Uh, The number 11 Cavaliers lost on Tuesday night, a 68-65 loss at Pitt. Uh, Interesting having the Caps playing Buffalo and Virginia playing Pitt on Tuesday night. Uh, Buffalo Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, uh, of course, plays for Buffalo, and he went to Pitt. Uh, We, on Tuesday evening, did get some good news on DeMar Hamlin off him having suffered a cardiac arrest in the Bills' suspended-slash-postponed game at the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football, and it may well be that that game is just never actually completed. Uh, Dorian Glenn, Hamlin's uncle, told ESPN outside the hospital Tuesday evening that Hamlin is sedated and, quote, improving from where he was yesterday, end quote. Uh, Hamlin's agent, Ron Butler, told ESPN that Hamlin's oxygen levels have improved. So good news there. Clearly not out of the woods, but uh, that was some good news. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Harry on the Commanders, writes Harry, the biggest problem is being almost good. If you are almost good, then you have false hope that you are a player or two away. This is sadly what happened with this team. It's almost like you wanted them to lose that game at the Chicago Bears. That way, at 1-5, you could have made the case to start Sam Howell. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Harry. Yeah, the almost good phenomenon. Uh, That is a real thing. Uh, I've had a saying in baseball for years, if you're not winning 100 games, then you need to be losing 100 games. And that's an overstatement of the idea that the middle is a road to nowhere. Now, the NFL is different than MLB in a number of ways, but the same principle applies. The middle is a road 
to nowhere. If you look at Washington regular seasons over the last eight seasons, uh, 2015, 9 and 7, 2016, 8, 7 and 1, 2017, 7 and 9, 2018, 7 and 9, 2019, 3 and 13, okay, but 2020, 7 and 9, 2021, 7 and 10, 2022, 7, 8 and 1. A lot of mediocrity right there. A lot of decent enough to feel like the team is close to being good, and with the exception of 2019, never bad enough to truly justify blowing everything up. And I find it hysterical that the Commanders, even in a 17-game regular season, an odd-numbered regular season, could end up finishing at exactly 500. If the Commanders beat the Cowboys this Sunday, and I hope that that does not happen, but if that does happen, the Commanders will finish 8-8-1. and Exactly 500, despite this being a 17-game regular season. Mediocrity, thy name is Commanders. Uh, The almost good phenomenon, by the way, uh, has been a problem for the Bullets slash Wizards for decades. Uh, Email from Rob on the lesson from the fail that has been Carson Wentz as a commander's quarterback. Uh, Writes Rob, not much to say, but maybe a few words about arm talent. Arm talent interceptions are different on a quick out. Arm talent interceptions down the middle off by 10 yards have a sizzle to them. Arm talent interceptions thrown 60 yards into the end zone are quite impressive. Arm talent misses in the flat look good. The balls get from the quarterback to the turf way faster. (laughs) Arm talent improves draft status. Uh, Thank you for the email, Rob. Well done, man. Uh, Yeah, arm strength only goes so far. I have felt this way about arm strength for quarterbacks for years. As long as a quarterback has an acceptable level of arm strength, he's fine. A phrase in football regarding quarterbacks is he can make all of the throws. You've probably heard that at some point about some quarterback. He can make all of the throws. And that is what is required, uh, the quarterback being able to make all of the throws. Do you prefer a quarterback to have a strong arm as opposed to a mediocre arm or a weak arm? Of course, but arm strength only takes a quarterback so far. Processing speed, decision-making, accuracy, pocket presence, all of those things matter much more than arm strength does. Uh, Email from Thelonious Funk on the Commanders uh, writes Thelonious, when they announced that the mascot reveal would happen at the Cleveland game, didn't we all know that something negative was going to happen? That elite defense that people were raving about gave up numerous explosive plays to a pretty inept offense on Sunday. The coach-centric approach has netted another disappointing season with a bottom third of the league offense, no answer at quarterback, and an offensive line that is in shambles. Ron Rivera has an excuse for everything, so it's rarely his or his staff's fault. No team in the league has access to all of its players all season, but somehow other teams seem to figure things out. Ron is a joke. So focused on winning that he never considered losing, yet yet he lost anyway. I know that this sounds blasphemous, but can we please not consult Coach Joe on the next head coach hiring? Thank you for the email, Thelonious Funk. Yeah, the Redskins hiring of Ron Rivera as head coach did come at least in part via the recommendation of the greatest head coach in Skins history, Joe Gibbs. And remember, Ron, this past offseason, consulted Joe on the quarterback quest. 
that ultimately yielded the team trading for Carson Wentz. Uh, We all love Coach Joe. He is the single most important person in the history of the franchise. He also has the greatest laugh in franchise history, but these things are no laughing matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Joe. Hello. Has anyone ever had a more infectious laugh than Joe Gibbs has? Yeah, there you go. Well, what also is not a laughing matter is your well-being. And if you are in need of a law firm due to having been the victim of someone else's negligence, always know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, uh, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, please consider subscribing to the Al Galdi podcast if you're not already doing that. Subscribing costs you nothing and makes it so that each episode is downloaded to your device. Uh, also, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. Uh, you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review uh, saying that you like the podcast. The review can be just a sentence or two. Uh, The ratings and the reviews help us out a lot, and uh, thank you very much for doing them. Well, the Commander's playing season 
Uh, their season of games is coming to an end, but if you have been a fan of this team or have followed this team, you know that our fun is just beginning. Uh, the 7-8-1 Commanders will conclude their 2022 regular season with a game against the 12-4 Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425. And then, who knows? Uh, is head coach Ron Rivera on the verge of being fired? Uh, is he, in fact, safe as our co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are selling the team and the sale may well last beyond the NFL coaching cycle. Uh, what about quarterback? Uh, we know that the team will be releasing Carson Wentz of his, uh, shall we say, rough performance in the 24-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. But then what? Well, I'm pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, a man who does a really good job of covering the Commanders, even though he got scolded <laughs> by Commanders team president Jason Wright this past August. He is Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC7 News in Washington, D.C., the host of Sports Talk on WJLA 24-7 News. Uh, Scott talks to a lot of people on and with the Commanders. He has a good relationship with Rod Rivera. Uh, you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott7News. Hey, Scott, how are you? Al, happy new year. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to talk with you, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, a lot to be thinking about with the commanders right now. I guess let's start with this. Are you surprised by what has happened with the team season, this 0-3-1 stretch that has cost the team making the playoffs? I am surprised that they collapsed like this because there was momentum there was confidence they, they they had that swagger one and four to seven and five they were rolling going into the Giants game they had the tie then the bye week and then that game at home against the Giants I felt like I felt like it could go, it could go either way if they won that game um, they're going to the playoffs if they lost I thought they still would get in but it would be much tougher um, and to lose two home games, two must home, two must win home games with the Browns and the Giants is simply inexcusable. Where do you put the blame? You know, um, I was the first one to give Ron Rivera and this coaching staff a lot of credit for helping turn the season around. They kept the locker room together after that one and four start, and they deserve a lot of credit for that to kind of riding the ship and, and and putting this team in position to make the playoffs. But unfortunately, you have to point the finger right back at him uh, for this collapse, uh, choke job, whatever you want to call it, because um, they haven't won a game what, since November, and, and that's just uh, mind-blowing to me. And you go back to the quarterback position. It's going to be debated until the end of time. Was Would they have won that football game against Cleveland with Heineke under center? I don't know. But obviously, Carson Wentz was not the right call. It didn't work out. It uh, didn't work out from when they traded for him, and it didn't work out when they needed him most. And, and that, in a sense, is a disaster, and it's going to be the same topic and the same wheel stuck in the mud, spinning over and over again, trying to figure out who the quarterback is for the long term of this franchise. Yeah, and that wheel has been stuck in that mud uh, for many, many years. For decades. Yeah. Decades, Al. It's incredible. 
So it's funny, the commander's loss to the Browns, of course, was a disaster, but in a lot of ways, it's not worth discussing anymore. I mean, what's done is done, and now it's all about the bigger picture. Uh, That said, the postgame comments of Browns linebacker Reggie Ragland, uh, him saying that some of the guys who he knows on the commanders wanted Taylor Heineke and not Carson Wentz as the commander's starting quarterback for the game. Uh, This, of course, off Rod Rivera last week having made a big deal about talking to players about his decision to bench Taylor in favor of Carson. You talk to commanders players all of the time. Uh, Do you think that commanders players were unhappy with Ron benching Taylor in favor of Carson? Talking to the players on a weekly basis, they love Taylor. They they love the underdog story. They love his moxie and that and that fighting spirit. And you go back to the fact of his, I guess, excuse of why he's going back to Carson Wentz is because he wanted a spark. Doesn't mix right for me. But when I correlate spark with Taylor Heineke, that correlates. Again, I understand why he went to Carson Wentz for the Cleveland game. Okay, and I and I didn't really fault Ron for that, but there's something about the players' voice and what they want in the big scheme of things. And usually, players know best. They're they're between the lines. They're you know they're every Sunday with their teammates, and um, you know I I I just go back and forth of the fact like I I don't know truly if he went to the captains or went to the players or really did a deep dive. Uh, on how they felt at the moment of whether it be Heineke or or Wentz. When it comes to the job security of Ron Rivera, there's what people want to happen, and then there's what will actually happen. Uh, Many fans, if not most fans, want Ron to be fired. But given that the Snyders are selling the team, uh, presumably slash hopefully the entirety of their ownership of the team, and that the NFL League meeting in March is the earliest uh, that we've heard that the sale might be completed and that Dan Snyder incurring the cost of paying off Ron and his staff would seem to be very unlikely if Dan is selling the team. It may well be that Ron actually is quite secure as head coach of the Commanders. What do you believe to be true about the job security of Ron Rivera? Okay, so, you know, I've been thinking about this. As this lingers... I think he's completely safe right now. I don't think Ron Rivera is going anywhere with, Dan, with, the, with, the, with the way things are right now with Dan Snyder, still the owner, in limbo, what's going to happen with the ownership. I will say this, and, I, and, and I've been thinking about this, because if I'm the new owner and if I pay $8 billion plus to own an asset, to own a franchise, Al, I'm bringing in the people I want. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm cleaning house. I'm bringing in the people I trust. If I'm paying that amount of money for an asset for a football team, I'm bringing in the people I want. So if I'm Ron Rivera, I may be a little nervous with this potential ownership change uh, because, number one, whoever owns this football team is going to have deep pockets so they can do the buyout and all that stuff. I don't think that'd be an issue. If there's a new owner in charge, you know, I would not be surprised if there is a coaching staff chain and everything is just blown up because, again, I go back to the fact things haven't been working here, okay? They've, they've had three straight seven-win seasons. They made the playoffs lucky, in a sense, in, in year one. I, I don't consider, if I'm a new owner, seven wins for three straight years a big success. So I'm looking at making changes, blowing it up, rebuild, bringing in the people I want. So 
Right now, I think he's completely safe because Dan Snyder's still the owner. But if there's a new owner that comes on board, I'm not so sure, Al. We're talking commanders with Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC 7 News in Washington, D.C., the host of Sports Talk on WJLA 24-7 News. The NFL coaching cycle takes place in January and February. NFL free agency and the trading period begin in March. What to you is the deadline by which new commander's ownership would have to come on board in order for Ron Rivera to be fired this coming offseason? So I would say probably... March 1, end of February um, is kind of my is, is kind of my cut. And you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You know, the back channels, you know, there could be some interesting conversations going on. I would say February, you know, the, the very latest March 1. I can't see major coaching staff, major changes after March 1, because as you mentioned, a free agency uh, starts and then the NFL draft and that type of preparation. So why would you kind of want to break up the ship there with with the season basically already starting. Is there an argument for Rod Rivera getting at least one more season as Washington head coach? Like, if you had to make the case for retaining Ron, is there still a compelling case to be made? You know, if we're judging just on wins and losses, you have a strong case that they should part ways and, and kind of maybe hit the reset button. But with this organization, as you know, it's more than just wins and losses, Al. There's so much that goes on you know, behind the scenes, off-season topics, off-season, you know, situations uh, that are not not necessarily great headlines. And I think Ron has done a great job in terms of uh, just building the character and building the morale and building uh, what this locker room and and the type of good men, the good players that they have inside that locker room. Uh, So he deserves a lot of credit for that because at the end of the day, Ron Rivera is one of the nicest guys you could ever talk to, work with, uh, a pro's pro. Um, so I would I would give him the benefit of the doubt and, and give him another year. You can make the excuse COVID was wacky. He made the playoffs in year one. Yes, it was weird and different seven wins, but they won the division title, gave Tampa a good run uh, in the playoffs. You know, that second year, you can blame COVID down the stretch, which they have. This year, there's no excuse. In my opinion, There there's no excuse that you can put out there, Al, That's that can say, oh, yeah, they this happened, this happened, it's okay. No, they collapsed. It, it's inexcusable. And you should point fingers and point some of the blame on Ron and that coaching staff. Looking at the commander's roster, uh, we know that quarterback is a thing. Uh, Ron Rivera, at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, even admitted that quarterback is the thing. Personally, I do look at the non-quarterback portion of the commander's roster, and while there definitely is some maneuvering that needs to take place, I mean, the offensive line needs to be rebuilt, uh, I do think that the team is, in fact, a quarterback away from being a truly good team. Like, I do think that a lot of the other pieces are in place. Do you view the team that way? Al, to be a consistent winner... And to make the playoffs year after year, you need one player that's consistent and, and, and can put a team on his back. And that's the guy under center. That's QB1. That's the quarterback. This football team, this franchise, is one player, one piece away. Granted, it is a big, big piece. And a piece they haven't figured out for decades. They got a lot of good players, a lot of talented players on this roster at critical positions on the football field. Yeah, they can improve the offensive line. Yes, absolutely. 
but you got the wide receivers. You found the running back. I love Brian Robinson Jr. I think he can be a star. I love the way he runs. Tough physical runner. You got a great defensive line. Keep Deron Payne. Don't let him walk out the door. You got defensive ends in Montez Sweat and Chase Young. You got some good cornerbacks in, in safety play. Cam Curl, Derek Forrest. Yeah, maybe look at some linebacker. Linebacker and offensive line. They got pieces, Al. And, and, and the, the NFL knows it. The national media, national writers, coaches, they know Washington. They got the pieces. They got the formula. They just need the quarterback. They need the consistent quarterback. They need that Josh Allen. They need to find, you know, their Patrick Mahomes. They don't have to have the number one pick. They don't have to. Look at these teams that have quarterbacks that are in the playoffs right now. Buffalo didn't draft Josh Allen, number one. Kansas City didn't draft Mahomes, number one. They got to hit. They have to hit. I don't think the answer is necessarily finding that veteran quarterback. You have to hit in the draft. You have to you have to get that young quarterback. And to your point of Ron Rivera getting one more year or continuing Ron Rivera, do you think in your right mind, Al, he wants to go into year four, the rookie quarterback under center? No, because that's that's going to be a rebuild, another, another couple-year process. He doesn't have that time. This coaching staff doesn't have that amount of time. They have to win now. So – they're going to go get another veteran quarterback. It's going to be the same thing again with Wentz. And that that's where we're stuck in the middle. Well, I would argue that if you hit on the quarterback in the first round, you can be good in his rookie season. Like, it doesn't have to be that it takes the guy two, three, four years. Like, but he can that, be good from the get-go. It's so rare, though, Al. It is so rare rare to have success in year one. with, with a rookie. It can be done, but more often than not, they have their growing pains. Yeah, although even through the growing pains, the team can have at least some success. I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now with Kenny Pickett. Uh, one more for you, the name. <laughs> uh, I actually don't hate the name Commanders, but I know that a lot of people do. And clearly, the rebrand has not been smooth uh, and will forever be associated with Dan Snyder. So you could argue that the brand is a tainted brand and was tainted from the get-go, there has been a good bit out there regarding new ownership potentially changing the name. Yes, another name change uh, for this team. Where is Scott Abraham on that? You know, I, I go back to my point, Al, of, you know, if you're a new owner and you're paying $8 billion for an asset for a team, I'm doing whatever I want to do. So everything is on the table, whether it be branding and name change, mascot, color scheme. Whatever this owner w wants to do, he's going to do. From my perspective, it's fine. Like, okay, like, I'm, I'm fine with the commanders. It's a new era, new chapter. You know, fan base wants Red Bulls. You can't satisfy everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with what they've done. You know, I, I actually like the mascot. Uh, um, you know, I, my five-year-old daughter wants to give uh, Major Tutty a hug. Uh, I think they did a good job, did, did a good job with that. Um, They've done some good things with the rebrand. Some other stuff with the rebrand, head scratching. But at the end of the day, I'm fine with the Washington Commanders, with the uniforms, with the mascot. It's okay. Move on. But if I'm a new owner, again, everything is on the table. I own this franchise. I'm looking at every possible thing to what I want to do with it. Well, if you see him hugging Major Tutty, now you'll know why. Scott Abraham of <laughs> of ABC right. Seven. Hey, maybe Jason Wright will give you a big hug. Who the heck knows? You never know how things will play out. Again, yeah. I mean, 
Uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, great work, man. I uh, appreciate all that you do. Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC 7 News in Washington, D.C., the host of Sports Talk on WJLA 24-7 News. Scott, thanks a lot. Thanks, Al. All right, up next, the Capitals. Uh, they did lose on Tuesday night, but in overtime, so they got a point. And the great eight was great again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, the name Kevin McCarthy was in the news a lot on Tuesday. Now, if you're a Capitals fan and you hear or read Kevin McCarthy, uh, you perhaps think of Cavs assistant coach Kevin McCarthy. Uh, He was not the Kevin McCarthy who was in the news on Tuesday. But while Congressman Kevin McCarthy did not have the greatest of days on Tuesday, the Caps' Kevin McCarthy at least ended up having a decent day uh, as the Caps overcame a two-goal deficit to get a point, although they did lose the game. Uh, the Caps fell to 21-13-6 with a 5-4 overtime loss to the Buffalo Sabres at Capital Win Arena on Tuesday night. The Caps overcame a 3-1 second-period deficit, uh, did blow a 4-3 third-period lead, uh, lost on a game-winning even-strength goal by center Tage Thompson exactly three minutes into overtime as Thompson finished with a hat trick and a primary assist. But there was some good stuff in this game for the Caps, who now have an eight-game point streak. Another big game for winger Alex Ovechkin. Boy, is he on fire right now. Ovi on Tuesday night had two even-strength goals, a game-high seven shots on goal, a game-high 15 total shot attempts, and four hits. And Ovi was tied for number four on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 61.76. The Caps with Ovechkin on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 21 shot attempts versus allowing 
13 shot attempts. So the Caps won the puck possession battle in moderate fashion. Alex Ovechkin now has eight goals over his last five games and now for this regular season is tied for third in the NHL in goals at 28. And how about what the great one said about the great eight? So Alex Ovechkin now has 808 career regular season NHL goals, second only to Wayne Gretzky's 894, said Gretzky to NHL.com on Monday of Ovechkin, quote, I think we're past the point of if he's going to do it. We said a year ago that it's a matter of when he's going to do it. So it's great for the game. It's a positive, and I think that it couldn't happen to a better person. He's been great for our sport, end quote. So good to read that from Wayne Gretzky. And I think at this point, it does feel like it's not a matter of if, only when. Alex Ovechkin breaking Wayne Gretzky's all-time record for most career regular season NHL goals. Uh, Also, winger TJ Oshie was back for the Caps on Tuesday night. Oshie returned from a six-game absence caused by an upper body injury that he suffered in the Caps' 5-2 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs at Capital One Arena on December 17th. Uh, Oshie on Tuesday night did commit a first-period high-sticking minor, but he was number six on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 58.62. The Caps with Oshie on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 17 shot attempts versus allowing 12 shot attempts. The Caps are playing well, and the Caps are getting healthier. Uh, Oshie was back on Tuesday night. Defenseman Martin Fehervari was back in the Caps' previous game, the 9-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens at Capital One Arena on Saturday. Uh, Fehervari in that game returned from a 12-game absence caused by an upper body injury. Also, center Nicholas Backstrom and winger Tom Wilson are getting closer to making their season debuts. Uh, Backstrom is coming off left hip resurfacing surgery that he underwent in Belgium this past June 17th. Wilson is coming off a torn left ACL uh, that he suffered in the Caps 4-2 win at the Florida Panthers this past May 3rd in Game 1 of the Caps' six-game loss to the Panthers in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, The Caps also remain without defenseman John Carlson and forwards Connor Brown and Carl Hagelin. Additionally, the Caps on Tuesday night humbled the Sabres, uh, out-hit them 39-21. The biggest negative for the Caps was their goaltending. Darcy Kemper was not at his best. Uh, He stopped just 24 of the 29 shots on goal that he faced. He, per natural stat trick, stopped just four of the seven high-danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, The Sabres are a very good offensive team. Uh, They, for this regular season, are number one in the NHL in goals. Uh, The Caps on Tuesday night, just two or three on the penalty kill, 0 of 1 on the power play. Next up for the Caps at the Columbus Blue Jackets, Thursday night at 7. So the Capitals lost on Tuesday night. The Wizards lost on Tuesday night as well. Uh, The Wizards on Tuesday night played at the Milwaukee Bucks for a second consecutive game. It was on Sunday night that the Wiz won at the Bucks, 118-95. And while the Wiz for that game were without Bradley Beal and Taj Gibson, the Bucks for that game were without Giannis Adetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. Uh, Well, Giannis and Drew were back 
for the Bucks on Tuesday night, and the Wizards lost. Uh, they fell to 17-22 and with a 123-113 loss at the Bucks. Uh, the loss snapped the Wizards' season-best five-game winning streak. The game was tied at 49 in the second quarter. The Wizards then allowed the Bucks to end the first half on a 12-0 run and then trailed for the entire second half. Uh, the Wizards had a lot going on in this game from an injury standpoint. Bradley Beal returned from a three-game absence caused by left hamstring soreness that emerged in a 116-111 win over the Philadelphia 76ers at Capital One Arena the previous Tuesday night, December 27th. But Beal on Tuesday night played for just 13 minutes, 18 seconds as a starter as he left the game in the second quarter due to the left hamstring. Uh, He was playing well, but his left hamstring ended up again being a problem. You know, Beal is having a hard time being available this season. Uh, also, Daniel Gafford on Tuesday night hurt an elbow. Uh, although Gafford did have a good game, he in 29 minutes, three seconds as a starter, went 4-7 from the field, all twos and 3-4 on free throws. He finished with 11 points, 12 rebounds, including five offensive boards and two assists versus no turnovers. And then Taj Gibson remained out. Uh, he did not play for a third consecutive game due to left groin soreness. The Bucks were without Chris Middleton due to right knee soreness. Each team was bad on threes. Each team was good in the paint. Neither team committed many turnovers. The difference in the game was the Greek freak. The Greek freak got his freak on on Tuesday night. Giannis Adetokounmpo, he is of course an elite player. He on Tuesday night in 36 minutes, 34 seconds as a starter, scored 55 points. Yes, 55 points for Giannis. Uh, he went 0-3 on threes, but 20 of 30 on twos and 15 of 16 on free throws. He also finished with 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 25. Did commit five turnovers, but the Wizards on Tuesday night got Greek freaked. Uh, Giannis battered and bruised the Wizards. Uh, Daniel Gafford, as mentioned, hurt an elbow. Uh, that was thanks to Giannis. Kristaps uh, Porzingis finished with five fouls. That was thanks to Giannis. Uh, Giannis, in a fourth quarter that the Wizards lost 33-28, scored 19 points. Uh, again, an elite player, arguably the best player in the NBA, and the Wizards on Tuesday night saw why. Uh, they had no answer for Giannis Adetokounmpo. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Tuesday night on defending the Greek freak. It's really difficult to do it. Um, obviously, the, there has to be just a little more urgency to get below the ball. Um, he's got to see a wall because it only takes him you know, three, maybe four dribbles to go the length of the floor. So, um, you know, getting bodies below that, showing a crowd early and take away those seams, um, you know, tough to do in transition. But, you know, that's that's the only way. Yeah, you know, also hurting the Wizards on Tuesday night was former Wizard Bobby Portis. He in 28 minutes, 22 seconds as a reserve for the Bucks, two of six on threes, five of seven on twos, one of one on free throws. He finished with 17 points. 13 rebounds, including three offensive boards, four assists versus no turnovers, and two steals. For the Wizards, 
Chris Dabbs Porzingis uh, had a pretty good game off on Monday, having been named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, Porzingis in 34 minutes, 59 seconds as a starter, went two of five on threes, five of eight on twos, and six of six on free throws. He finished with 22 points, nine rebounds, and four assists versus three turnovers. Uh, but Kyle Kuzma had a bad shooting game, 34 minutes, 18 seconds as a starter, 0 of six on threes, just 10 of 22 on twos. He finished with 20 points, four rebounds, two blocks, two assists versus two turnovers and a game worse plus minus rating of minus 16. Next up for the Wizards at the Oklahoma City Thunder, Friday night at eight. Well, a disappointing performance by Virginia basketball on Tuesday night. Number 11, Virginia fell to 10-3 and overall and 2-2 two and two in the ACC with a 68-65 loss at Pitt. Uh, now, Pitt is a pretty good team. Pitt just beat then number 25, North Carolina, 76-74 this past Friday afternoon. Uh, but still, Virginia was not at its best, certainly not defensively. Uh, the Cavaliers blew a 13-point first-half lead, lost the second half by 13 points at 45-32. The Cavs in the second half allowed Pitt to score 45 points and to go 4 of 11 on threes, 11 of 18 on twos, and 11 of 12 on free throws. Uh, this was UVA head coach Tony Bennett during his post-game press conference on Tuesday night on his team's defense. Yeah, I mean, I'll wait till we watch the film. Um, one of the deals that we have with the team is, you know, um, high accountability in the areas of max effort and alertness uh, in our system. And and then, but then there'll be grace in other areas. If you know, if you miss shots, things happen, that's it. But the one thing we can't do, and it, it, I don't know, it looked like it came a little easy in the first half. It's good stretches of defense, um, but I didn't see... Um, you know, we weren't connected, and I, the tape will tell us. So before I, I go off, I think I know what my eyes saw, but they were touching the paint pretty easy in transition, and then even when we were back and getting to the glass, and that's what they did to Carolina, and I watched them, and um, they're doing a good job. They they get aggressive, and they got physical guys and tough-minded guys, and they started getting aggressive. They got to the line. We got to the line four times. They drew fouls. They were down the floor. Um, they run good stuff. And, you know, then they switch some things up uh, defensively and we miss some of our shots and struggle a little bit. But, you know, you can't give up for us 45, 45 points in the second half and expect to, you know, we still had a chance, but um, that won't cut it defensively. And we'll just have to get back, go back to the drawing board. Yeah, now the Cavs for the game did hold Pitt to just 7-22 on threes, uh, went 9-21 on threes. Uh, each team shot 50% on twos. Biggest difference in the game was free throws. Uh, the Cavs generated just four free throw attempts the entire game. Uh, went four of four on free throws. Pitt went 15-17 on free throws. Now, some of the free throw discrepancy was Virginia intentionally fouling toward the end of the game, uh, but still, the Wahoos generated a mere four free throw attempts the entire game. Uh, also, the Hoos committed 11 turnovers to Pitt's eight, finished with 12 points off turnovers to Pitt's 21. Uh, Kihei Clark, in 34 minutes, 38 seconds as a starter, went two of five on threes, five of seven on twos, and one of one on free throws. He finished with 17 points, eight assists, and four rebounds, but he did also commit five turnovers. Jaden Gardner played 
uh, for just 23 minutes, 22 seconds as a starter. He went just two of seven from the field, all twos. Gardner and fellow big man Caden Shedrick, uh, they combined for just seven rebounds. Uh, not good when your top two bigs combined for just seven boards. Tony Bennett on Tuesday night on the rebounding from his bigs. Yeah, I mean, our guards out rebounded our bigs. I would look at it. I mean, you got to. I mean, it's got to be a group effort, but you got to go get them. Um, and, um, you know, this game, not good. Um, so, you know, that physical tough play is it's in the lane. It's on the glass. It's on the floor. It's just getting some taking a stand defensively and doing it. And, um, you know, you can't you can't shy away from that. And that's one thing Pitt, I told our guys before, this will be a we always talk about this is a blue-collar game. It's a blue-collar town. It's a blue-collar team. We try to build our program that way at Virginia. Um, but, you know, tonight it looked like the team that chance favors the aggressor, the more aggressive, tough-minded team is definitely in the second half. We ran some really good action and got good looks and played a nice brand of basketball, some decent stops in the first half. But, um, but you have to sustain it. And I didn't think the start of the second half, the end of the first and start of the second, very opposite of our Georgia Tech game, um, allowed us to, you know, we were kind of playing catch-up. Yes, you were. Uh, next up for Virginia, home to Syracuse, Saturday evening at 5. All right, one more item before we call it a show. We have yet another low-cost, low-risk, high-upside free agent acquisition by the Nationals. Uh, They reportedly have agreed with first baseman slash left fielder Dominic Smith on a one-year, $2 million contract. Uh, Dominic Smith is entering his age 28 season. He was taken by the New York Mets with the number 11 pick in the 2013 MLB draft. The over six major league seasons with the Mets 2017 through 2022 was not consistent enough to be a regular player. He's not a very good left fielder. Uh, He's best suited to play first base or DH, but he has shown an ability to hit Dom Smith over the 2019 and 2020 regular seasons in 396 total major league plate appearances had an OPS plus of 150. Uh, OPS plus is on base percentage plus slugging percentage that's adjusted for a player's league and home ballpark. 100 is average. Above 100 is good. 150 is really good. Uh, what the Nats are doing in free agency this offseason isn't sexy and isn't getting a lot of attention, but is the right way to go in a rebuild. Uh, low cost, high upside signings of guys who could become trade chips for prospects. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 479. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders. Uh, they on Wednesday are beginning their practice week for their season finale, home to the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday afternoon at 425. We on Wednesday will be learning who will be the Commanders starting quarterback for this game. Uh, that quarterback better be Sam Howell. We shall see. But we on Wednesday are expecting post-practice press conferences from head coach Ron Rivera and whoever the team's starting quarterback for the game will be. Also on Thursday's show, I'll talk college hoops. Georgetown, home to Villanova, Wednesday evening at 6.30. Virginia Tech, home to Clemson, Wednesday night at 9. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.